Welcome to the Listen to Your Gut podcast with international best-selling author Jeannie Patel-Thompson. Because your body is your subconscious. Your body is the densest part of your soul. So when you have clients who come to you with IBS, Crohn's, colitis, like severe digestive diseases. It's all intuitive. And so if um, sometimes, like I have a, a client that, you know, literally the Crohn's was um, energetic and I, I got her, uh, she came to me the day before Thanksgiving. This was, I don't know how many years ago now. And um, she said, I just want to be normal. I just want to eat Thanksgiving dinner. And I, I ran the protocol on her and I'm like, well, this is energetic. So it's possible, right? Well, we cleared everything and she ate Thanksgiving dinner. So it was that spontaneous. And then we did work together. There, there were still things to work on, you know, emotionally just to get her to complete freedom because that's our freedom is here. So let's say somebody has a, a, a terrible relationship with food. Um, you know, they had Crohn's or colitis or IBS or whatever it is for so many years that food has literally become the enemy. Right. So, and the, but the food chart, we're working food charts and the food chart is saying you can have this now. Well, if you can't let go of your fear, you cannot have it. Hi, Jeannie Patel Thompson. I'm here with Gail Blair, a healing and food intuitive. And Gail, do you want to give us just a little bit more of an introduction about yourself and how you work? Okay. Well, thanks for having me first. Uh, I really appreciate it. This, this is always fun. Um, I call myself a food and, and health intuitive. And what I help people do is get to the very root of their dis-ease, which is D-I-S-E-A-S-E. And um, what I've realized over time is not just about um, what's going on out there, meaning food, okay? It's, uh, it, it can be what I call energy everything's energy. So um, if I say energy, I mean energy we can't see. If I say physical, I mean energy we can't see. So what I do is help get to the very root, which is always energetic. And, um, and, and, um, and then the solutions are always there too. So you want to get resolution, not just keep um, helping symptoms and then they come back. So when you get to the root, you get a complete resolution. That's it in a nutshell. Brilliant. And there's all kinds of modalities that I use to do that. Oh, very cool. So what I wanted to ask you is how did your intuitive abilities first develop or make themselves known to you? Well, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, if I started at the very beginning, um, it started with a relationship I had with a wellness doctor. And she was using applied kinesiology and, um, and she showed me, you know, how I could use that and also introduced me to a pendulum, which I still use. And, um, and shortly thereafter, I had, you know, you know, what I call an awakening. Um, which is, it was just in a, a, a period of hyper-awareness that happened to me. And it lasted 
over like a four day period. It was really intense and I was aware of energy. I could feel it and I could feel spirit and I could feel, I could see every um, energy field of everything. As a matter of fact, I couldn't shut it off. So when I'm looking, you know, I'm seeing it all. It was very overwhelming. And that lasted about four days. And I realized, oh my goodness, you know, um, there's so much more, you know, I realized that I was just part of everything, um, just one with everything. And so shortly thereafter, I started hearing spirit and it first came through and it, this is still my favorite way, um, is I get a pop in my left ear when my, I just call it spirit, you know, guides, whatever you want to call it, want me to know something. For instance, if um, uh, I'm doing a food chart for somebody and I make a mistake, you know, <laughs> then uh, spirit's going to pop my left ear so I can go back and correct that. Um, let's say I'm in my office and somebody's at my front door. I don't have a doorbell and I can't hear it. Spirit's going to pop my ear and tell me there's somebody at the front door. I mean, it's, it's, you know, very much aware that I am not alone and that I'm being guided and I'm being helped. And so now I just hear and every now and then I'll stop just to make sure my head's not in it and I'll get my head out of it completely. And I ask a verification question, like, you know, at the end of, page one of the food chart. Am I on the right track here? And then I use my pendulum to answer that. And just to make sure that I haven't gotten, you know, my head in the way. I, I highly, and I, I help people move into this. And so there's a process. Um, I'm doing a course in discernment now. And, uh, you know, I realize that this intuition uh, that we talk about is limited. And there's, um, there's a higher level that's just channeling and we're connected to the source and we all have the ability to um, connect and retrieve knowledge from that source. But it starts with, for most people, um, working with a field. Um, and so I use my protocol as an example for that. And I've got this book here, and this is all the ways that have come in to help people over the years. And I intuit this protocol, but it's limited. <laughs> and so at the end of that, I'll go, is there anything else possible? And that's where I'll just sit there and then, you know, it'll just come in. So I'm doing a lot of that now. I'm working with a lot of people. Um, as a matter of fact, that's my main work probably now is uh, getting people um, into a healthy place because that's real important in order to be a conduit um you have to be clear and and that means up here and it means in the body too so i help people get to that process you know go through that process and then they're ready you know they're really ready to move into that mode and and um you know the the way i i got I, i'm getting this and this happened a few years ago actually is that our body is now serving us at its highest level, and that's as a conduit. So we're moving into being receivers again, rather than just thinkers. And this is a great awakening. <laughs> I so yes. agree. And I love the way you um, pointed out that intuition is an ongoing development mm -hmm. process. I love that, you know, even someone like you who works full time, 
in an intuitive capacity, you're still developing your intuition. You're still going further and deeper. And I absolutely love that you brought that out. Now I have a question for you. Why do you prefer, or do you prefer the pendulum to like muscle testing? Well, it's, it's kind of what you just get used to. Okay. Mm. Um, You know, my mentor uses a, a pendulum and, you know, there's lots of ways I receive answers. Like I yawn, you know, when, uh, um, uh, when something clears or I yawn, uh, that's why spirit's another way of telling me, oh, you're, that's really right. You know? So there's lots of ways and the pendulum is just another way. It's just a tool until, you know, it's a verification tool now. That's really all it is. Yeah. Um, and not every tool works for everybody. So when I do the workshops, we go through all the tools and we test which one's going to work for that person the best. Okay. Awesome. Cause there's lots of tools. So we go through applied kinesiology. We go through dowsing rods. I use dowsing rods uh, for the workshops because you can see energy when you can see that, you know, your thoughts are moving these dowsing rods. Um, you can't put that back in the box, you know, so our thoughts are out there. Here's Mo. She decided to come and say hi. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, I use uh, uh, the body. The body uh, works like a big pendulum. So that's the, the body sway, right? Um, oh, explain mm-hmm. that to me. That's so there's a, a couple I of... Uh, I haven't heard of the body sway. Oh, it's amazing. Because what's so great about that is you can take it anywhere with you, right? So, you, you know, so I uh, invite people to go to the grocery store and use their body sway and just ask, you know, is there anything high vibrational in this apple bin? You know, and if there isn't, then I'm not going to buy, I won't buy apples today. Right. Right. And is that actually, I'm thinking, is that where you kind of tip forward a little bit for guests? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And, then, and again, even that's not foolproof. So let's say nothing's foolproof that's why the course is so important nothing's foolproof in order for you to really trust your guidance you have to be in that childlike place of not knowing anything you have to be in a void and so anything you know can get in the way of knowing well this comes real naturally to me because i've been working with people all over the world really um uh, not from the beginning but now that i didn't know anything about them so I'm operating blind. So moving into that objectivity mode that you have to be in, pure objectivity, is easy for me because it's, it's something I've been doing for 12 years. So for most people, though, you're not getting that opportunity to move into that um, pure objectivity. So in the workshops, we get there. I have ways to take you there where you don't know anything. And you can remember how that feels before you start asking any questions. Oh, I'm in that mode, you know, so I'm ready to receive because there's nothing in the way. So there's a lot of people that say, oh, none of this works. You know, you can ask, you can ask and you can get whatever answer you want to get. And that is absolutely true. So, you know, I say it this way. If you've already made up your mind about something or you want something or you have too much information about something already. So you've already made up your mind. Well, spirit's not going to argue with you. So I, I, what, you know, what I recommend is that you ask spirit first before you know anything and then be willing to follow that guidance. Cause a lot of times you'll get the answer and you don't like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> you say, oh, I want a different answer, right? Yeah. And I use the uh, something happened to me just recently. I, you know, I take care of my elderly dad. I'm back in my old childhood home, taking care of him through his twilight years. And uh, my youngest son is getting married in Destin, Florida. It's a destination wedding. I planned on going. And as we got closer to it, I thought, well, I better check in, you know, and see what spirit says about this. Fully expecting to get a yes, because daddy's doing okay, right? And I get a no. No. And, you know, I keep checking as I'm going, getting as the event's getting closer, and I keep getting a no. Now, I can speculate on why I'm getting a no, but honestly, I don't know for sure why I'm getting a no, but I know I'm getting it and I'm following the guidance. So I had to say I couldn't go. And at the end of the day, you know, on the day of the wedding, I completely understood why I couldn't go because there wasn't going to be anybody here to help. My sister was sick. Um, my younger sister was in Mexico. Okay. But I didn't know that at the time. The spirit did. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Speaking of reliable methods, do you have an opinion? Because um, I want to flip to the food intuitive work that you do in the food charts. Do you have an opinion of the blood allergy testing where they're testing for the immunoglobulins through blood work? Are you talking about the ALCAT? Um, I don't, I don't know what the name for it would be because everyone and is it different for food sensitivities? Yeah, it's food sensitive and they just test for like IgE and IgA immunoglobulins and they'll tell you, then you get a chart back. They, they draw your blood and they test for immune response to different substances. And then okay. you get the results back and it'll tell you, oh, well, you're having an antibody response to eggs. You're having, are you familiar with that test? I'm familiar with uh, uh, this kind of testing. And, and I will tell you, and I'm glad you brought this up, um, because what I realized really early on doing these food charts is everybody is so different. You know, what is compatible to anybody at any given time depends on so many things. It depends on uh, it. It depends on what your body's going through. Right. And I use this example, my uh, sister-in-law who's a, a very strong, healthy German woman, never been in the hospital except to have a baby, uh, ended up in the hospital with some really, really severe stomach pain. And, um, and come to find out she had diverticulitis and she didn't know that. So the world is advocating for eating a lot of raw food. This is back in the you know raw, crazy raw days. You know, you remember those days? And uh, well, she couldn't digest that and it almost tore a hole in her colon. So that's an example of how not one good food is good for everybody all the time, right? And not one bad food is bad for everybody all the time either. And let's say, uh, so speaking of that test, I don't, you know, I've only had a handful, I don't know, maybe a handful, maybe a little bit more than that, of people that have bona fide allergies. So what happens is you develop sensitivities and intolerances over time. And if you leave that food alone, that's your body's way of saying, I've had enough of that. I don't need that right now. So that's a sensitivity. And when you get into the intolerance, that's your body's way of just screaming. You know, I told you, I don't need that, you know? And then I, I know this from going through um, multiple charts with people that if you leave something alone, 
And a lot of times it'll come back really quickly. So what I realized is that with the ALCAT test, for instance, if you got the test and, and, and you left that food alone and you went back in and you got a test two weeks later, it would be different. But nobody does that because insurance is not going to pay for it. It's an expensive test, right? So nobody does that. You know, they're just saying, okay, don't eat this. And, you know, probably forever, you know, they tell people not to, that, that, this, that you're allergic to this, don't eat it. And I find out, you know, that, you know, working with these food charts, because it's the body that's talking to me. You know, I'm listening to the body. It's funny, somebody on the tennis court yesterday asked me if, um, uh, she had read a book called Eating Intuitive, Intuitive Eating. She said, is that what you do? And I said, no. And that book is about you um, intuiting your food. My work is me intuiting your food. That's the difference, right? So I'm listening to your body and it's telling me exactly what it wants at that time. As a matter of fact, I can tell if you're pregnant. And the most bizarre thing that ever happened is I could tell when a body was setting up to get pregnant. Now that was profound, you know, because that means that, that, you know, there's already something that started and it hadn't happened yet. You know, and you think about that and it's like, it just gives me chills just to think about that. Right. So, um, you know, let's say uh, the gallbladder is, is struggling, right? Well, the food chart's going to come up, no fat. Well, we know that good fat is good for us, but it is not good for that body at that moment. Same thing with the liver and pancreas. So at the end of it, I say health intuitive or medical intuitive is because the levels in, of compatibility that, you know, I test different levels are telling me what's going on with the body. And I can't tell you how I know that, I can tell you, or I can help people, and I do this, the Evolution of Free Health Workshop is about helping people be their own food intuitive. That you can do. But I can't explain how I know what's going on with the body. That I can't explain. So I guess that's my gift, <laughs> right? So I know what's going on with the body. I don't diagnose. I can just tell you a diagnosis is just a label, you know, on something. You get a label, you get a medicine. If you don't have a label, you don't get a medicine, right? So it's just a label. And what I'm telling you, your gallbladder's talking. Your gallbladder wants a break or your pancreas is talking. So did I answer the question? I hope I did. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it because so many people, you know, get that food allergy testing done and then they exactly would do exactly what you said. They're like, well, I can never have this. I can never have that. Yeah. And you don't realize that it's just a snapshot. It's a snapshot in time is all it is. And right. I was also, um, I did a podcast with a, a woman who had a PhD in immunology and she said, well, just to confuse things even more, if you had, um, something in the past where, where your body hadn't liked something, or perhaps you'd been consuming that during a really stressful time in your life, your body's going to remember that with an antibody response, but that's it, right doesn't pertain to your reality now that's I, want, I almost came i almost said something about that and then i got sidetracked so when when it comes to testing um your body can be responding to the present moment 
or it could be responding to unconscious programming. Okay. So it could be, uh, let's say, you know, people say, oh, you can trust your feelings. You can totally trust your feelings. Well, your feelings are not trustworthy if you're responding to something that happened when you're a childhood that's based in untruth. They're not trustworthy. So that's why, you know, the process, the healing process is getting rid of everything that's running in the background. So now you can trust your emotions at that point because there's nothing running you from behind. You know, I say it this way. Um, uh, um, thoughts can, um, how do I say it? <laughs> it's left me now. Thoughts, ha thoughts have no power in the conscious mind. They can only run you from behind. Okay. Mm -hmm. If they're in the conscious mind, now you have a choice. If you're not, if they're in the background, you don't have a choice and they're running you. So the same, so it's the same way with your thoughts. The thoughts are first and then the emotions happen. And then just like you said, people, they're, they're responding to an experience with food. Like my sister, if she gets sick on something, she ain't never going to eat it again. If she ever throws up, it's over. <laughs> so that's the power of the mind. Oh, that's yeah. it. And yeah. if our mind is that powerful, well, let's learn to use it, you know, yeah. for good and for help. That's what I help people do. I love that. And so when you're, when you're looking at these sensitivities that could be induced from even childhood events or do other lifetimes ever come up as the trigger or the originating cause? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those I call, um, a lot of times that's energetic work. A lot of the work I do is clearing energies from uh, other gener from past generations and lifetimes. Sometimes some, I've cleared as much as 25 generations um, of, of stuff that is, it's ready to be cleared. You know, nothing gets cleared until it's absolutely ready to be cleared. So these are things that are coming down the ancestral line. Right. And so, you know, Western medicine is going to call that genetics. Yeah. But I'm living proof you are not your genetics, you know, not and uh, I have the worst heart history of anybody. And, uh, you know, I started off in my early 30s having these issues because my mother's cardiologist, she died of her fourth heart attack when she was 57, told me that I was a spitting image of my mother and I had all the same issues. So I started having all the same issues. Wow. You know, until I went, until I woke up. <laughs> and I went, no. No. Um, and that was, that was just a cord. What I was experiencing was a cord, high blood pressure, angina. It was, it's just a cord. I just got a clean bill of health because now I'm 65. I don't, you know, I haven't gone to the doctor in ages. You know, I haven't been sick since I woke up. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, just to put everybody's mind at ease, I'll go get all these, you know, checkups. And uh, I'm working through them now. So I had the I had the bone density test, good. I had the uh, cardiologist. He says, I don't even know what you're doing here. You're healthy as a horse. And I said, hopefully a healthy horse. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And uh, uh, dermatologist the other day. I played tennis four and five days a week. You know, uh, clean bell of health. You know, no problem. And I don't slather tons of sunscreen on either. I allow myself to get some sun. Mm -hmm. I slather it on when I'm going to be out there, you know, in the intense part of the day. And uh, um, I'm going to do the colonoscopy 
and I have to go to the, I don't have to, I'm going to the dentist. I haven't been to the dentist since 2007, but I don't have any problems that I know. So I'm just confirming that I'm on the right track. So I, everybody else can, you know, if you, if I can be on the right track, then everybody else can too. You know, it's, it's, that's what I tell my dad. If I can do this, if I can change my mind and I can declutter and, you know, I can, uh, you know, this negative thinking is just a habit. And if I can break it, anybody can break it. And I've got tools for it. So we're these powerful creators and we create by what we focus on. That's quantum physics in a nutshell, you know, the double slit experiment. So if we can create what we don't want, well, we can create what we want to. So this, you know, like I said, it's not just about the food. It's about coming into alignment with health, happiness, and well-being, the, you know. And that's, that's one of the ways that I define real freedom, you know, that is, is to go, I'll know if something's wrong in my body and needs to be investigated. Like, I'm like you. I, you know, I healed myself from a supposedly incurable gut disease. Uh, my first colonoscopy, I was 17. I have not had another one since I'm 55. And I, I won't unless my body says, Hey, go do that. Because but I can tell and you know, just while this happened about a month ago, I had um, my lymph node got really swollen. and It was black and blue. Like at first, I thought, Oh, did I hit myself in the neck? And like, what happened? I had no memory of this. And so anyway, I, I thought, well, it must be maybe my two thirds, my jaws infected, blah, blah, blah. So I went through this little checklist and I went to the, the dentist and I got the 3D scan and nothing, jaws completely healthy, all the rest of it. And my brother's a doctor. So he was looking, he says, you know, so both the dentist and my doctor brother said, you need to go get checked for lymphoma. And my brother's like, that looks exactly like my buddy had it. And it just, it, progressed really rapidly. So don't delay, like get in there. And I thought about it and I connected with my body and I said, well, if, why don't I just treat this as if it is lymphoma and heal it <laughs> and then we're good either way. And then we're good. Yeah. Because I didn't feel I needed the testing. I felt I just need to go deeper into why are you here? What's the root causation? What's the message? of this growth and this swelling. And then of course, supporting it with the physical therapies. So I booked body work, I booked acupuncture, lymph drainage, um, intuitive sessions. Like I did a lot of work on the physical level, but the roots of it were where the information was that I really needed to address and, right. and transform and all the rest of it. And then, you know, no problem. Right. So. Well, exactly. you know, everything's energy. If everything's yeah. energy, doesn't it make sense that we have con some control over it? I mean, it's malleable, it's pliable. You know, nothing is really static. Nothing's static and nothing's solid, yeah. right? So, so and the other, you know, and you hit on this, uh, uh, what I get really clearly is this body is a messenger, responder, conduit, and vehicle. It's not the creator. So it is responding to what's going on within and what's going on without. It's not creating anything. And when, if we think that that's true, then we've totally given away our creative power. You know, now the body's in charge, right? 
So, you know, just like you said, your, your response, which is the appropriate response, is the right response, is, oh, I wonder what my body's trying to tell me right here. What is this? Yeah. That, that curiosity mode, you went into curiosity mode instead of into fear mode, right? And that's that, you know, when we go into that childlike curiosity mode, that's subjective mode. You know, that's puts you in the driver's seat. That puts you in the in the, the mode that you have to be in to be able to re start receiving answers. So that's what you did. And then you got the answers and you said, okay, it makes sense to do this. It makes sense to do that. You know, on and on and on. And you did it. Yeah. So it doesn't do you any good, though, to get the answers and then not do it. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't do you any good. It's like, uh, I was saying something, I was telling my dad the other day, I've had, I've had to uh, fire some clients, you know, because they weren't ready to heal. You know, they just wanted to somebody to um, complain to, somebody to commiserate with. Uh, they weren't, they just weren't ready to take responsibility. And so it's like, okay, well, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I'm here to help you heal. I'm not here to keep you stuck. Yeah. Uh, you know, exactly. So yeah, you, uh, you, you've got it, you know, you, your body is, is, it's amazing conduit and it's amazing, miraculous healing machine. It was designed that way. It knows how to heal. Absolutely. And we know that we've just forgotten that. I mean, if we've ever skinned a knee or cut herself or had a baby, uh, you know, we know the amazing healing power of the body, you know, and even when we have, like my dad had this cancer taken off his head and I'm in total amazement. I mean, it's three inches diameter, you know, and I, I and we weren't going to do a skin graft because he's 92 years old and we're not going to put him under anesthesia. Right. So it's going to have to heal. And they put on this uh, artificial skin graft thing. But I am just astounded at how fast that's healing. At 92. At 92. And, you know, if that is not proof right there that the body, know, you know, that we have this amazing, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Intelligence, you know, that was built in in the body, then that, that's proof right there. Yeah. And then it goes back to the concept of, the body knows how to heal. It's incredibly intelligent and brilliant at healing. So our job is to discern what's blocking that healing. Mm -hmm. You know, what message do we need to receive that the body is caring for us? Or what's the trigger? Like, is it another lifetime? Is it a trauma? Is it a generational aspect? And I want to go back to what you said about um, the generational, the ancestral issues, because my father's family, all the males have heart disease. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they, of course, and they're all doctors and pharmacists. So they're all like, well, this is genetic. There's nothing we can do about it. And I right. said to my dad, I said, but all of you have a closed heart. Like none of you have done your emotional healing work because they all had a very difficult Indian culture can be very violent and abusive and that's considered normal but it still wounds the body it still mm -hmm. wounds the soul yeah and i said none of you have done your inner work to the point where your hearts can be fully open to give and receive 
So it makes sense that y'all have heart disease. (laughs) You know, that's the other thing too. The body, there's, Einstein has a quote. I'm not sure, you know, I'll probably butcher it, but the quote is, if the, if the solution is simple, it's of God. Okay. So the solution should always be simple. And the body is that way. The body is made that way. You know, it's very logical. So what's being affected in your body? Obviously, it has something to do with the heart, you know, and your ability to give and receive love. That makes so much sense. You know, and if you have wound issues, well, it has something to do with the mother. You know, obviously, right? You know, if you have a knee problem or an ankle problem, well, it has something to do with movement. It's super logical. I mean, the the first person that I'm aware of that really um, honed in on this was um, Louise Hay. Yeah. Right. So it it, it, everything and it just boggles my mind. You know how simple it really is. Yeah. Then I realized too that in this world of contrast and duality, everything mirrors everything. So if you want to get to the solution, well, you've got to get to the root and the the solution sitting right next to it. That's quantum physics, right? And I use this analogy. If at the root of dis-ease is what we eat and think, then the solution is what we eat and think. It's really that simple. And we just make it complicated. Well, and also bringing into our awareness things that maybe we haven't been willing or ready to look at. Like I remember... I knew a woman and she was chronically anemic and she just could not absorb iron. She couldn't get her hemoglobin up. And then one day I was just sitting with her and it hit me. And I was like, oh, because this is not about your hemoglobin. This is because your husband wants to have a baby and you really do not, but you're not willing like I, I could perceive from her that she had a fear that she would harm or possibly fracture their relationship if she came forward to say, no, I am mm-hmm. not having a baby because I don't want to. It's not my, you know, and then he would, I could just see it. I could just see this whole, and she was like, rather than go to that, rather than go through that and have that fracturing of our relationship and all that difficulty, I'm going to have my body say no for me. I go. can't get pregnant because I can never get my hemoglobin up. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Like, and, you know, when I solution. say thoughts, it's what you eat and think. I mean, you know, unconscious thoughts, yeah. conscious thoughts, generational uh, thought forms, right? All of that is affecting, you know, our reality, and what we're creating. So, yeah, she created the way out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, who's to say whether that's right or wrong, like that's her path. That's her way of, right. Her way of handling it. And it, it, who knows, it may have been the best one and the most efficient for their soul agreement together, you know? Right. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, So when you were a child, did you have any uh, intuitive abilities that made themselves known? I had, you know, my childhood experience is super interesting because for one, I don't remember hardly any of it. Um, So, and I understand that now, I guess I knew at a very early age that I didn't have to be in body. Um, I could be in or out of body. And when I was out of body, I was, you know, I don't remember anything. 
And so, for instance, I couldn't tell you one teacher from, from kindergarten to high school, not one, not one. Now I have little patchwork, it's like a patchwork quilt. You know, I've got little patches of, of things that I remember. So in that sense, I would say, you know, I'm, I probably was somewhat aware, you know. Um, I'm aware, I was aware, I'm getting to that I was aware that I didn't want to be here. You know, that I made a decision to be here, but I did not want to be here. It was like, what are you doing, Gail? Uh, I've got a song that uh, that I wrote and, and it got published. I had a friend of mine that put music to it and it's called The Ride of Life. And, 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 it, and it, it has something to do with that. It has to do with the roller coaster ride I took to when I was a kid uh, with my dad and my siblings. And I never did, wrote another one. <laughs> That was it. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I was pretty aware that that I didn't I didn't want to be here, that I didn't belong here. And I was I know I was a loner. I really only had one friend um, through all of my childhood that I can remember that, you know, hung around. Uh, yeah. So I was different. I could say that. Do you, did uh -oh. you have trauma at the same time? I had trauma too, you know, yeah. but like I said, I don't remember it. I mean, yeah, because you don't want to be there. Plus your childhood is trauma. So you just pull out like you're, just, you're, yeah. you're yeah. dissociated. You're not in your body. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have the memories. I had exactly the same experience. People, I remember this. I remember this. And I'm like, I remember some things. And then I have like my memories of my childhood are very few because mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was that combination of not wanting to be here. I knew what, what spirit was like. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'd really like to go back there. Mm -hmm. And combined with being beaten and, and a lot of terror. And so just that's the perfect combination to just pull out. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, what's interesting is a lot of my tribe, you know, call it my tribe. And even, you know, a lot of my clients are my tribe. Um, we have very similar experiences so you know we very similar some of them are so, uh, so so similar it's crazy you know they mirror they just totally line up have you found with your clients that until someone makes that conscious choice to actually be here like yes i choose to be here i want to be here that not having made that choice impedes their healing Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in order for you to be healthy, you have to be in the body. Yeah. You, you know, you have no control, um, you know, out of the body. Uh, to, to, to live your purpose, you have to be in the body. I have to be in the body to even connect. If I'm not in the body, I can't hear anything. Yes, true. Uh, it's crazy, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we absolutely, you know, we came here for this third dimensional experience. We have to be in it we have to be in it. You know, when we have childhood trauma or we have trauma that we need to work through, um, it's only because we haven't allowed it. We haven't allowed it to be. We haven't processed it on a third dimensional level, you know, and and you can't go from you can't just go to the fifth dimensional level 
that's not what you came here for. You have to yeah. process on the third dimensional level, and then you can go to the fifth dimensional level. I call that trying to spiritual bypass. You can't do it. Yeah, it exactly. Work. And just that the fact that you can um, have an understanding or a conception, but and you go, okay, well, that's fine. I understand that. I can let it go. Well, that's your consciousness can let it go and your, your logical mind can let it go, but your physical body was there. Yeah. Your it, physical you have body. to let, you have to let that process in exactly. your physical body. And I have a process for that, but it need you, you have to be able to allow yourself to feel it fully and completely and, uh, and to accept, you have to accept it, you know, that it happened. You can't keep denying it. Yeah. or that you have to accept that in, in that sense, you have to allow it. You have to allow it. And then you have to allow yourself to feel what you didn't get to feel and to process in any way you need to process it. As long as it's not hurting anybody else that that has to happen. And then you can let go of it, mm -hmm. but you can't let go of it intellectually. It doesn't work. No, which is why talk therapy is so ineffective because it doesn't integrate the mind with the body. Right. It doesn't. So yeah. I have a question for you. When you're um, reading a client for, you know, foods, you're doing your food charts, um, your food intuition. Can you tell me what are you scanning on the person's body and who or what are you asking for that information? Like, are you dialoguing? with their soul, your guides, their auric field, their physical tissues. Like, can you elucidate that process for us? Wow. Okay. Um, when it comes to the food, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just asking and receiving what food is compatible when it comes to, I can do body scans. I can see too. When I can see blocked energy, it comes up black. I can see inflammation. It comes up red. Um, I can see the energy field. So in the energy field, um, I call it a diagnostic energy field because it tells me a lot. It tells me if there's any energy to clear it. Uh, you know, I, I realize that there's a receiving side and a releasing side to the body and, and the energy body and uh, the, the, left is receiving and the right's releasing. So when I see something on one side or another, or if symptoms are coming up on one side or the other, then I automatically know somebody's got something to receive or release, right? So who's given me this information? Like I said, all I can say is it's spirit. Um, I know I already have higher self permission um, because, um, you know, that's one of my first questions. Is this a good time to tune in? Right. So I know I already have that, you know, permission. Um, I don't really, like I said, I, I probably have told you this before, maybe, but um, when we first talked that I call myself an organically grown food medical intuitive because none of the things that I do are learned. They just arrived. And, uh, and so that's the only way I can describe it to you is, is, you know, it's spirit, spirit, spirit is talking and is it their spirit? Yeah. I mean, we're all connected. Their spirit is talking, their higher, uh, self is talking, but that's not to say that one is separate from the other. Cause it isn't, it's, um, it's, it's all connected. It's like, 
we're a wave in this great big ocean. You can't take the wave out of the ocean, right? So it's an individuation of the ocean, which is what we are. So in that sense, um, I'm talking to their higher self um, that is connected to that big ocean. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It makes makes perfect sense. When you teach people in your workshops um, how to connect to their own intuitive sense of their body, right? Like in terms of, you know, if their body wants that food or doesn't want that food, are you <clears throat> teaching them to connect to a certain, like where are you directing them to connect to? Is it, are you asking them to, you know, connect to their digestive system or their intuitive sense or what do you find works for that? Um, I will tell you this, it doesn't work very well until the body, until that person is um, connected to the body. In other words, some people are so disconnected from their body that, uh, and I, that was me too, just so disconnected to, to, from my body that there was no way I was going to get any information out of it. Um, and so it is, nobody's ready to do this really until they go through that process where they get totally connected to their body. They do the, all this work to get the body back into um, health and well-being, and to be this conduit, right? Now you're ready you're ready. And if somebody's intuiting their food, again, you're, you're asking, um, you know, the body has an intelligence. So in that sense, you're asking the body what it wants in that sense, what's compatible to me right now. The body knows. Um, but again, still that is, that is connected to the source of all knowledge too. Yeah. Of course. It's all connected. Yeah. And, and somebody said it like this, you know, the source of all knowledge is where all truth is and the ultimate truth doesn't change it's changeless yeah and uh and everything else is everything else changes so you know people may say well this is true or that's true or that person this is this person's truth and that's per person's truth that only is operating in this third dimensional reality in the fifth dimensional reality there's only one truth and that's that we're love and <laughs> we're spirit mm -hmm. and that's it. So truth is in alignment with truth, with love and, and untruth is in alignment with fear. And that's it. So when you're tuning into the body, you're accessing um, what's true at that moment. Right. So right. that that's going to change. So it's not a one-time thing. It's in what, what I tell people, one of the, best places to start if you want to start trying to or start not just trying do it how i try to leave that word out leave out the word try <laughs> <laughs> just start doing it is find a method that actually works for you and start testing your supplements every day because they change every day most of them do depending on what you've been eating that's yeah. why they're called a supplement so there's only a few maybe you know from my experience that you may need every day um and that's enzymes. And uh, maybe you need a probiotic, um, vitamin C maybe, uh, vitamin D maybe, 
but there's very few things that you just will need every single day. So just start testing that and then you can see how everything it's it, how everything really does change. You might find out, oh, I only need that once a week. Yeah. You know, so I tell people, you know, put things in three containers and I've got the middle container is what I need on a regular basis. Once you do this for about a month, you'll have a good idea. And then the left container is what I need weekly. And then the right container is what I hardly need ever. And so now you've got a shortcut. Do I need anything in here today? No. So I can just move to the next thing. Right. Nice. When I was teaching my children how to ask their bodies, I would have, I, what I noticed is they, I had to teach them how to discern between asking their taste buds and asking their belly. Right. And I, and then I realized that, oh, this is happening for my readers, like adults as well. People are like, if I ask my body what it wants, it wants a beer and pizza. (laughs) Like that's that because you're, yeah, that's your body, but it's your taste buds. Right. That's what your taste buds want. What your belly wants, put your hand on your belly, call your attention there you're going to get a different answer. Right. And that's what I'm talking about when people are disconnected because nobody, I'm not nobody, that's a terrible thing to say, Uh, but a a lot of people never sit and feel how that food feels in them. Mm. You know, they eat so fast. um, They're doing other things while they're eating and they're never, ever really paying attention. Does my body like that or not? Until they get something severe, like they have acid reflux or diarrhea or something, but that body, your, your body was telling you, right. You know, at at the get go, whether it liked that or not, but you weren't listening, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the, that's the first step to intuition is getting back in tune to your body. The other thing. So I'm going to float this by you just because it's coming up. So maybe there's, this is going to be an interesting discussion. So I tolerated cow dairy just fine until I wanted to test a healing tool called a raw milk diet that's been used by the Mayo Clinic since the 1920s. Um, What I didn't, and I'd read a book on it, and I had a podcast booked with um, a practitioner who'd led people through the raw milk diet for like 15 years. So he was an expert. And I thought, well, I want to do the diet before the podcast, because I think that'll work better. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. actually should have done it the other way around. But um, so I went on it and what I didn't understand and because it wasn't talked about in the book, but he highlighted right away was that because milk contains a lot of calcium, it's going to constipate you like when you're on exclusively raw milk from pasture raised cows, it's going to constipate you unless you're simultaneously taking a good amount of magnesium. So Mm -hmm. I had never been constipated in my life. I start this raw milk diet and I hit about day three or four and I'm now constipated and I'm like, this is horrible. And my belly swells up and I'm like, and, and I don't, I was, this is where my brain took over my intuitive sense because my brain was like, no, no, we have to do this diet because we got the podcast coming up. So we have to give it a proper test, right? So I was like, now I'm not listening to my body. I'm like forcing my body to do this thing. And then by day um, 11, I was like, I'm done. I'm out because this is, this is terrible. This is not working and blah, blah, blah. And then I found out, Mm -hmm. oh, magnesium. But as a result of that now, if I have, since that time, if I have any dairy whatsoever, I will immediately bloat and become really gassy. 
Um, and so, and then when I went into it, and so I did some, you know, some tapping, acupressure tapping on that experience to like release the trauma and release the judgment, but I'm still reactive to dairy. And then when I feel into that, I go, you know why? Because the, I have a psychological parameter operating that I don't like the way the calves are taken from the mothers right after birth. And I am ethically opposed to that. And I just, so even, it's, so it's this weird thing that my body really does well with fats. Like I need a lot, I'm a high protein, high fat person. So I would really love to consume, you know, that kind of butter and stuff. And I'm like, but I can find pastured raised dairy. I can find humane dairy, but it's like, there's some weird thing happening between traumatizing my body that way. And then wanting to be, you know, wanting to only consume humane dairy where the calf is left with the cow for a decent amount of time. And these mm -hmm. things all swirl together. So talk to me about that from your perspective with your ability. Well, the first thing that comes up is, um, is this download that I got quite a few years ago that um, I, when I went in, let me preface this with when I went in, when this all started with me, I was a hardcore judgmental vegan. Okay. And I say it like this when, you know, after doing these charts for a while, I had to eat a lot of crow because some people really need meat and some people really need dairy. Mm. And then what spirit told me was there are animals on this planet that came to serve that purpose. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to bless them. Yes. Because that clears energy from them. Ah, uh, that is that. I just got a huge ding on that to mm -hmm. bless them. Bless and them. And their purpose. And their purpose. Yes. Their, yeah. And then leave your judgment out because that, what that does when you judge the food, I say it this way real simply, when you judge the food, it's going to judge you back. That is so good. So, you know, when you do that blessing and you release all judgment, the body, you allow the body to receive the food and process it. But when you do that judgment, just like judgment shuts us down in every way, it's what buried us to begin with. Well, you clog the wheel of your digestion at that moment. So um, if you, that's what the beauty of the chart is, is because the body's telling, telling you what you need you know, what you really need. And then you can say, okay, well, I really need that. There was a time where, you know, like I said, I was a hardcore vegan and I wasn't a healthy one either. You know, my, my uh, family told me I looked really fragile and, you know, I was because I wasn't getting what I needed. I got a download on this. And I, had, I wrote two blogs. One's called the evolution of veganism. And the other one is called uh, veganism continued. <laughs> Okay, so the first one was uh, um, that humans are very uh, um, evolutionary, okay? Mm -hmm. they, they adapt very, very well and, and over a period of time. But if you change your diet drastically, bam, all at one time, then you didn't give your body a chance to adapt. And then the second download was that where your um, ancestry is from 
dictates what your body really needs. So for instance, if you were born in a uh, very cold climate, which I was, then you have eating meat in your DNA mm -hmm. still. And so, and fat, you know, uh, fat. And if you just cut that off all at one time, there's going to be consequences to that. And there were consequences to that. So knowing that I added back in uh, a little bit of dairy and eggs, I added yogurt and eggs back in and I thrived at that point. That's all I needed to do. Uh, eggs, uh, butter, and um, yogurt. And uh, um, I, I didn't eat much. I didn't even, I didn't really eat cheese either at that point. And then um, if you're born in a very warm climate, then you could be a natural vegan, like the largest creatures on earth, elephants and giraffes, because there's plenty of food all year round, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're that cold weather climate, you would starve to death without animals, see? I so guess. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can just leave all my judgment out now. And that feels so much better, right? Yes. Um, instead of just, you know, somebody coming out and saying, well, uh, humans were, you know, from the get-go vegans. No, they weren't. No. That's not true. So it depends on your, uh, you know, just like the color of your skin. You know, uh, all, the only difference between me and you is you have more sun and in, in the cl climate was warmer, you know, than I do. And that's that's it. You know, other than yeah. that, we're all we're the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and because of that genetic history of coming from more sun and I need more sun. You need more sun you because know, you have thicker I, skin. Yes. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a preference for me. It's an actual physiological need. Yeah. It's hard for you to get, it's harder for you to get vitamin D than it is for me. True. Um, so yes, absolutely. It's so interesting when we get into the energetics of food, right? And because what you just said reminded me of, um, so I don't want to support factory farmed animals, right? Confinement. Totally. Yeah. Right. So I will not buy that meat and I try not to eat it. But then there's sometimes, you know, where I'm out or let's say I've been invited for dinner at someone's house and they're going to serve me factory farm chicken. So what I do in that, I'm not going to be like, I'm not eating your chicken. Cause I'm, <laughs> so again, like take the judgment out of it. What I do instead is I connect to the chicken and I say, thank you for what you went through on this planet. And I'm so, I'm really happy to consume your gift so your you blessing. can be a part of the work that I am doing on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I feel from the animal, the animal is like, yes, yeah. right? Because it's like, I did not die in vain. That's I did right. not suffer in vain. My flesh is now being incorporated into my body to do this amazing healing work for the right. planet. And right. I feel the gratitude back from the chicken. Absolutely. And so that's what I was talking about before. Bless the animal because you, it will bless you, right? Mm -hmm. It will bless you. But I can feel the animals. I, I was a chef before all this started. And I, I, I cooked for a family of four and they were on a paleo diet. And I was vegan at the time. And How'd that work for you? <laughs> oh, they ate a lot of meat. And one day, um, 
I, I, I knew that I was fairly connected to, to Mother Earth and animals. I already knew that, but this was what happened was stunning. And so I was cooking lamb. And all of a sudden, I went weak in the knees. I could hardly stand. And I just felt dizzy and weak and a little nauseated. And I went outside and took a, a few deep breaths and it got better. And I went back in and it happened again. And I'm like, God, oh, this has something. I think, I don't know what's going on, but I got a feeling it has something to do with what I'm cooking. And so I called my friend mentor and she said, she said, it's the lamb. She said, the lamb is not clear. The lamb suffered. And, and, that, and that's when I realized, you know, that how connected we, we really are that it's really it's our job you know, to bless these creatures yes so at that point i started blessing and then later down the road not not too much longer i i realized that i could actually see the animal that i was cooking which was awesome you know so if i'm cooking a, a cow or a chicken or whatever it is i can actually see it i can see the color um i had a pair of uh, um, this is how judgmental I was. Somebody gave me a gift of these amazing handmade moccasins and I would never wear them. Well, when they sat in my closet for years and years. And then when I realized this, I pulled them out and I tuned into the animal and to the maker. I could see the maker and the animal. And it's just like, it's, it's just incredible. You know, when we just let go of what we think we know yeah. and open ourselves up because, ugh, Life is beautiful. <laughs> I, I have a story you're going to like. This happened to me just recently. So I had a friend who brought over this beef tallow that she'd rendered. And um, so this was from a cow that they had had a friend raise and then they were slaughtered and um, they got, they bought the half the cow. So she had rendered down the fat into tallow and she was making salve, healing salve and stuff out of it. So she brought it over to my kitchen and she said, yeah, but I don't, I don't understand why it smells like this. And so I leaned down to smell it. And as I smelled it, I, I went like this. Now I, I was like, my spidey sense immediately went, wait a minute, because I, I don't have a wretch response to like, okay, maybe like, I don't even know what you'd have to do. Maybe like really bad vomit or something, but that's not me. So I was like, wait a minute why did I have that response to this substance? And I, and then, you know, things started. So I dropped in and I went, oh, something bad happened to, to this cow. And so she was like, she's like, oh, well, right before they were killed, they got out of the pasture and we had to go looking for them and they were missing. And then this picture came to me of them in this field and they were absolutely terrified because they didn't know what, where they were. They had, they didn't know where safety was and a bunch of dogs had cornered them and they were feeling like the dogs are going to be tearing them apart when the humans finally found them and all of that trauma. And then, and so they, I think they, they got them into a trailer and they just took them straight to slaughter. So mm -hmm. they had all of that, all that stacked. Uh, stacked on. Mm -hmm. And so she said, you know what, there may have been some dog. I said, I see it was dark when the dogs were there and they were scared for a long time. Um, 
so I said, okay, well, let's, let's, she says that very well could have happened. So I said, okay, well, let's you and I, like we've witnessed the trauma, let's hold space. And I did like some quick acupressure tapping for the cows to allow them to release that trauma. It doesn't matter that they're all dead yet because right. that trauma, it, like you said, we're all energy and in the energetic It's all realm, energy and they're still here. Right, there's exactly, there's no past, present, future. It's all right. Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of tapping to release it. And then I asked the cow, I said, are you okay for, does this feel like a gift for you? If your tallow is used in this manner to create healing salves. And the cow was like, yes, felt really happy about that. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. And then I go, I go now smell the tallow. And she bends down. She's like, I can't like there's hardly any smell, like it was instant. That's and amazing. Then she, and then, no, this gets even better. So she says to me, you know, all the meat from this cow has that same weird taste to it. Like even my, my fiance noticed it. He's like, oh, this cow has, this beef has really weird, these steaks have a strange taste. And I said, well, I go, let me know then when you go home and cook a steak, let me know if the taste has changed. She calls me a couple of days later. She goes, I can't believe it. I didn't tell my boyfriend what we did. I did not tell him what happened. I just cooked the steak. And he was like, how come this tastes normal now? Because all the steaks they'd eaten awesome. had this flavor to them that was just, it was just like, it was not gross. So they wouldn't, it, but it was just off, you know, mm -hmm. something was off. Right. But not yeah. like rotten or anything. They just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And so that's how, so when you think, when you start thinking about food that way, right, right. and you start thinking about, well, how are we slaughtering? What is yeah. the animal going through in the transport uh, yeah. to the slaughterhouse, right? So, you know, and, and so I, I always do what I, this is my thing is like, okay, I'm the cow, how do I want to die? And I'm like one shot kill while I'm grazing in the field and I don't know what's coming. I would, I, I, you could kill me as a human like that. I'd be happy. Right. right? So that's what we're doing on my ranch here, where we're going to be doing grass fed steer and we're going to have them killed and butchered on site. So there's no that's trauma, awesome. there's no stress, you know, and, and that all that terror and trauma is not going to go into the meat mm -hmm. that we then consume. Right. And it's not just, you know, the slaughter either. It's from, I realized that, that everything affects the energy, every hand, um, every process. Um, like when I'm testing the vibration of, of a product, the vibration is determined by, uh, by everything that came in contact with it. And even the company intent. Uh, affects the vibration, you know, of the food. So this food that you're producing is going to be amazingly high vibrational and it's going to bless, you know, everybody that has the pleasure of eating it. I had not even thought about it from a vibrational perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about that with the herbs. Like I went out and gathered burdock and thistle and, you know, I, I stood there and I said to the land, where should we go to get the most high potent burdock that wants to gift to us in this way. And I walked in that direction and then I found the clump of burdock and I asked the burdock, okay, are you, do you want to? Yes. Okay. Which plants should we take? And that's 
those are the ones we dug. And then throughout the whole, you know, washing and peeling and chopping, just giving thanks and saying, thank you so much for sharing your gifts in this way. And every day when I shake the tinctures, I say that again. I, and, and so in that process, I can feel this is going to be the most potent liver gallbladder. Yeah, and that's the vibration. Yes, because yeah. I can yeah. feel it, but I hadn't thought of that. For, I don't know why for the animals as well. That yeah, the vi- yeah. Not just every the- it's all you know. Everything has a vibration, but, and it's all unique vibration. There is no vibration that's exactly the same. It's like amazing to just to think about. You know, life is amazing. Hmm. So just before we close, I want to ask you, so when you have clients who come to you with IBS, Crohn's, colitis, like severe digestive diseases, and you're doing food charts for them. So, because based on our discussion, my first thought is, okay, they're not going to need just one food chart. They're going to have to have that redone. Right. And so for a client like that, do you, Give them a food chart, but say you got to take my workshop so you can increase your own food intuition. Or do you have them on a schedule for to book? It's a process. Uh, It's all intuitive. And so if um, sometimes like I I have a a client that, you know, literally the Crohn's was um, energetic and I I got her. uh, She came to me the day before Thanksgiving. This was, I don't know how many years ago now. And um, she said, I just want to be normal. I just want to eat Thanksgiving dinner. And I I ran the protocol on her and I'm like, well, this is energetic. So it's possible, right? Well, we cleared everything and she ate Thanksgiving dinner. So it was that spontaneous, um, and then we did work together. There, there were still things to work on, you know, emotionally just to get her to complete freedom because that's our freedom is here. So let's say somebody has a, a, a terrible relationship with food. Um, you know, they had Crohn's or colitis or IBS or whatever it is for so many years that food has literally become the enemy. Right. So. And the, but the food chart, we're working food charts and the food chart is saying you can have this now. Well, if you can't let go of your fear, you cannot have it because you're going to create from there. You know, if you, like I said, if you judge the food, it's going to judge you back. Okay. So when you get a food chart, um, I'm going to ask, how long is this food chart good for? How long is this person going to do this? And the first food chart generally always is about getting your balance back. And what's affecting your balance is what you're eating and thinking, primarily what you're thinking. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how much time we have, but we have my, all the time. You go okay, for it. This one of the so most good. amazing downloads that I have ever gotten was um, that, that the body is responding more to what we're thinking than, than what we're eating. And the process, what's actually happening, what's causing the body to come out of balance is um, when you have, I say it this way, when your thoughts are acidic, your body's making acid. Mm. So when you have stressful, acidic thoughts, your body's making acid. You cannot keep your balance. I don't care what you eat. And that explains why some people, it looks like they are doing everything wrong and they never get sick. 
And some people do everything, you know, like George Burns. He was, I love him. He was uh, performing a week up until the day he died. Yeah. You know, I think he was a hundred and smoked 14 cigars a day. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, you know, a perfect example of how, you know, this is what matters the most. The body's very forgiving when this is in alignment with health and happiness. So I got that early on. And um, so the first chart generally is about starting working on this, right? And then also the food, but you have to do them together if you don't there's not going to be a resolute, you're not going to get there, right? Love it. And so then the second chart um, could be, it depends on how, how off balance you are, but the second chart could be continue to get balanced. Most people get balanced within a week. It's very quick. And then you move into a detox mode because what spirit showed me was when you're out of balance, your cells are like river rock and they don't hydrate. They don't hydrate well. You're dehydrated. They don't take in nutrients and they won't release toxins. So you store those toxins where, where, where most of your fat cells are. For most people, that's around the middle. That's the safest way for your body to store toxins. The body's always doing the right thing. See, it's always trying to save your life. Mm -hmm. Even at the expense of other organs, it's doing the right thing. It's trying to save your life. So the first process is going to be getting your body back in balance so that you can move into a healing mode. So that'll be a detox mode. Then you'll move into a healing mode and you'll move into a thriving mode. And most people turn the bus around within three or four charts. It's not a huge long process, right? Um, I wanted to talk about the download I got on critters. Mm. So this is, the most fun download I've ever got because what I realized from this is we don't have to kill anything. We just have to stay in balance. So it started with, I heard a question. Spirit asked me a question. Have you ever wondered, Gail, why you don't see a lot of dead animals laying around? Because they're dying all the time. And I hadn't really thought about that, you know? Well, because Mother Nature has an answer for everything. And so some of it's obvious what takes care of that, like vultures, you know, eat dead, decaying flesh. But not a lot of animals will eat dead, decaying flesh. There's only a few. And then the rest of that is taken care of by the smallest creations on Earth, smallest critters. And that's bacteria, fungus, and, and um, worms and, and parasites. They take care of all that. I mean, if the uh, squirrel dies in my backyard in a few days, I can't even tell what it is. I mean, Mother Earth is very proficient. So when you're in the second missing link in the book that's coming out, the seven missing links to abundant, sustainable health, time does not stand still and neither, do your neither does your body. And so you're either in decay mode, healing mode, or thrive mode. When you're in decay mode, what you've done is signal Mother Nature's little Pac-Man that you have something to eat because that's what it eats. All of Mother Nature's terrain, uh, not or a lot of Mother Nature's terrain already resides in us and it stays in harmony with us when we're in harmony, when we're in balance, it stays in check. 
when we get out of balance, it takes an opportunity to grow because that's what life does. It takes an opportunity to grow, right? And so that's that overgrowth of fungus in your body. That's that cancer that's expanding, right? Um, and you attract critters from the outside too. So you'll, you'll attract uh, fungus, for instance, is one of the things that comes in most often. So the answer then, again, the solution is sitting side by side. It's, you know, the critter is coming to tell you, you are out of balance. That's the message. The critter is just a messenger. It's not the enemy. And then the solution is just getting your balance back. And then the critters that um, uh, want to live in harmony with you within your body come back into balance with you in harmony. And the others, they leave because that was the other the next download. All of life is striving for life. There's not one single life on this planet that's not doing that. So a critter is not going to stay where it can't live. If you get your balance back, you get your terrain in order and back to where it's supposed to be, then that critter is going to go, oh, I got to leave. <laughs> you know, otherwise I'm not going to be able to live. It's going to just leave. I don't have to kill anything. And when we do all these kills, you know, like some of them are really harsh to get rid of parasites and things like that. Well, now we have another issue to deal with. We have dead decaying flesh in our body. That body that the body now has to take care of so those were uh, you know two amazing downloads and so i just watch people every single day have critters that just march right on out you know it, it, and it's amazing so anyway i'm glad you know i got an opportunity to share that because i think that's one of the most important things that i've ever gotten i that, i love it and i totally agree with it and i will tell you also that I know a medical Qigong practitioner and he has the same approach because he would have people coming in with very resistant C. difficile infections, candida. And so when he went into the body, he began to dialogue with the microbe and say, why are you here? Like what in <laughs> right? Why, what called you to the body and what's sticking you here? And then of course it would be, you know, a, a decision the person had made like a judgment or it was a trauma or whatever. Um, and then when they would release that, once they brought it to the, the client's awareness, they could then work on it and release it. And then all of a sudden, whatever antifungal, antiviral, whatever treatment they had been trying for years with no results would work because the consciousness of bacteria would leave because it was no longer. And they do have, everything's got a conscious, uh, everything, you know, for instance, let's say somebody's got fungus in the brain. What I tell people that you will release this with love and gratitude, you can get through this with no pain. But if you go into judgment, well, you know, you have to keep in mind that fungus is having to leave its home. Yes. Right. And sometimes that's hard, you know, so you want to make it as easy as possible so that you don't get a headache. Yeah. Right. So you don't have angry fungus. 
Well, the, because fungus releases like Candida albicans releases 168 different toxins as it dies. Like mm -hmm. it's going to leave you with a Oh a yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're going to you're going to have gift. Now you're dealing with something else. So yeah. you just want it to leave and that's what's happening. And it, and it happens. It happens fast. It can even be almost almost spontaneous. I've had that happen with clients. So you get your, you know, when you're working with all the trauma and, and all the things that's causing acid in your body and decay, that's what you're talking about. You know, this guy's tuning into, you know, what, what is actually coming up for that person that needs to clear out so that they can bring their body back into harmony. Well, basically. that was, that was going to be my next question for you. So when you see clients who are in this decay state or what, what triggers or puts a person into the decay state where it then attracts all the microbes who are coming to because of that's what i'm saying it's not so much about what they're eating it can attribute it can it can contribute to it but it's not the cause the cause is always up here the cause the root cause is energetic give us some so, examples for people who are having trouble grasping this Okay, so somebody that is, um, you know, constantly in a negative state of mind or in trapped in fear all the time, that flight, fight or flight mode all the time, well, their body's completely stressed out. It's making acid. Okay, so one of the things I do is I can tell somebody what their overall body pH is. I see numbers. So I know what they're, I know where they're at when they come to me. And uh, the overall body pH, what I get is it wants to match your blood pH. That's optimum. And when that happens, all the pHs in your whole body, different organs, uh, they come back into balance and they're all different. You know, your stomach's like super, super duper acidic, you know. So let's say um, what I get with acid reflux is, is it, this is a stomach that's not acidic enough. It can't digest the food and then it, that food comes up back up with the bile, which is still acidic and it and it comes up into your esophagus and burns. And on the other end, you know, you get leaky gut because you're not digesting your food because your intestinal pH is off. OK, and I've had people their gut pH was so off they couldn't digest any food. It was amazing. Right. So you get your balance back and, and the balance, like I said, you have to work on this because this is the root of it the acidic thinking, the negative thinking. And that's, uh, you know, if somebody's not willing to do that work, then they're not going to, I don't care what they eat. It doesn't matter. You know, they can do, you know, it just doesn't matter. And everybody is so completely different too. So what's compatible to anybody at any given time is completely unique. That's why diets don't work. This is not a diet. That raw milk diet, that wasn't your, that wasn't no. That wasn't for you, right? How could one diet be good for everybody all the time when we're all so unique? That makes no sense. Yeah, and for for what length of time? Like nothing, right. nothing that I that and things that change, mm -hmm. you know. So people eventually, you know, after three, two, three, four charts, they'll get to a baseline, and that's what's compatible when everything's working right. Well, that's subject to change too. So I ask, well, how long is this baseline good for? Like I had one the other day, it's nine months. I'm like, wow, where are you going to birth in nine months, right? So things are, you know, things are subject to change. If you have a big change in your life, then that chart's going to change. You know, mm -hmm. let's say you have a surgery or you get pregnant. 
then you know your body's going to need something else or let's say you decide you're going to be a bodybuilder your body's going to need something else right so this we is, this is so key because you know the the mainstream media and all the social media they're all about find the diet the best diet the healthiest right, diet. exactly the, like and it's like why i don't know why people can't get this that there's no diet because every day every week every month every year is different right the what only diet well, is the listen to your body diet <laughs> what we want is freedom we're not here to live in our prison of our mind because we're only in prison if we're in prison here and we're not here to live in a food prison so, you know, when, when you, when you're talking about the animals earlier, we do the best we can, we do the best we can, and then we bless everything. Yeah. You know, that's what we do. And we let go of all judgment because I do get, and I was having a conversation with this, with somebody yesterday that um, we're going to get to a point. Number one, we can uh, think about this, that our source, right, is in everything has to be, or it can't be source. Agree? Mm -hmm. So that means, do you believe your source is good? That means there's good in everything, right? So when you bless that food, what you do is you expand that good in it. And that transmutes or, and helps the body process what it doesn't need because it knows how to do that. Right. So, um, Oh, I lost my place. Well, what that's that? what the Dalai Lama said. He said, you can eat anything. You, you can, can eat, eat anything. That's where I was with going love. with that. Yeah. With love. So we're coming to a place where we can really eat anything if we can leave our judgment out of it. Right. We're also coming to a place where we can change the energy of anything. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Okay. yeah so yeah. that means there's nothing to fear. Nothing. You know, as you're blessing your food, bless the cupcake the homeless guy has. That's all he has. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, change the energy of the food. I use an alchemy prayer, you know, with medicine. You know, people come to me, they're on medicines, they're going through chemo, they're doing this, they're doing that. I'm like, instead of judging all that, you know, once you've made up your mind that you're going to do that and yeah. you want to stay in the light of, of good with it let it do it's good right and let's clear everything else yeah just clear it and I then stay that. out of fear and worry about it but that's so, where the real work is right that's where the real work is is staying out of fear stay in alignment with what you want not what you don't want yeah that's the work it's hard because <laughs> yeah, we've been no so shortcuts. programmed you know we're we're spoon-fed fear and yeah, boy, we've had an example of that the last three years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's worked. And, oh, and there yeah. are, you know, there's uh, calling powers to be or whatever. They know very well how well it works. Yeah. They know what they're doing. You know, but even before that, like I know, I can't remember. I don't know when, what year that I noticed it, but you know, I'm from the generation where we didn't have seatbelts. We didn't have helmets. Me too. We didn't have any of that stuff. And, you know, we didn't have like tons of people dying. In fact, we had people 
my my whole the whole section of my family survived because they were thrown through the windows and out the car yeah and if they'd been wearing seatbelts, they would have all been dead like that's what we came from and then yeah. I, I don't know at what point all of a sudden this safety narrative came into the mainstream and yeah. everything was about we must never allow the possibility for anyone to be hurt therefore you have to do this and this and then all the rules followed that to, mm -hmm. and what was the slogan for for the the COVID era right the more we focus safety. on that the more we see those things happen that's quantum physics yeah. so our focus is being put on what we fear and then we're creating more of what we fear now all of it's serving a good purpose at, at, at the end of the day, I get that it's, it's serving a good purpose. I got a download on Western medicine um, a few years ago is, you know, we, we, de we developed Western medicine mm -hmm. for, uh, uh, for dealing with symptoms because people were in an awakening time and the, you know, the, the collective awakening is scary. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I say it's not for the faint of heart. Awakening is not for the faint of heart. So the individual is afraid of awakening and the collective is, you know, the individual makes up the collective. So the collective is afraid of awakening. So what do we do? We create medicine to cover up symptoms, to suppress the pain, right? To stop so, us from going Because to the our pain source. is what's waking us up. Yes. Right? So the, the pain is knocking on our door. Get the message, get the message, open up, open up, heal this, heal that, right? Well, if we don't ever get to the root, we won't ever heal it. So that's why we created uh, Western medicine. And that's what we're operating in right now. Yeah. And now we're ready. You know, I call it the evolution of free health. We're ready for that. We're ready to realize that health is free. You know, it's our natural way. That's what it is. Beautiful. And so this collective ego is dying hard. It's mm -hmm. dying very hard. And this is all the fears that we're seeing. Um, it's the fear. It's the fear of death. Literally, that's the. Yeah. It's the the ego. That's the fear of death. Is the fear of the ego dying. That's the fear of death. Mm -hmm. And so we can just, uh, you know, those that are awake, um, uh, you know, they don't fear death because we know who we are, right? But for those that have not woke up and don't know who they are, it's the terrifying um, idea. And, you know, and then what we've been fed too about death, you know, if you came from certain religious backgrounds, then it's even more terrifying. <laughs> you know, if you're not totally, you know, if you don't have the faith, complete faith that you are, you know, going to a good place, right? Well, now you have more to fear. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. Gail, tell, tell us for my readership, which is people with gut diseases and gut disorders, what's the best way that they can um, experience your work? Do you suggest they start with a private session and then get into one of your workshops or start with a workshop or what would be the best way for I them only to do workshops for people who have gone through the process with uh -huh. me. So it's not open to the public. It's an invitation only. The way most people start is with a 15 minute um, uh, exploratory session. So that's a no charge session and, we're, and it's an intuitive process. I intuit 
what is coming up for you to work on, right? So it is a roadmap for your first session. We already know from that session. And then, you know, like I said, the first session usually is about 90 minutes and, and it usually involves a food chart too. So it'll be the energy work and it'll be the food chart. Then four to seven days later, another food chart. And like I said, most people work through that process, you know, within about four food charts, three or four food charts. Um, and so uh, spacing them out would be like four, four to seven days. And maybe the second one is like, you know, about a week. And then the third one may be like about nine, 10 days. And then the fourth one may be like four weeks. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're getting to a baseline chart and then you're done with me at that point, unless you're ready to do a workshop. And like I said, most people are by the time they get there. Yeah. They're going, Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to be my own food intuitive. I'm ready to live guided. But someone doesn't have to commit to a multi-session process. They just need to have that discovery call with you. And then they could go ahead and book one session and see how it worked for them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They can do whatever they want. I'm just going to tell yeah. them, you know, this is what spirit is saying here. Exactly. And I don't even know how many food charts you just take it one at a time, you know, because it depends. I can't tell you that because it's going to depend on how well you work it. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you that. I can tell you it's going to take four to seven days to get your balance. That's as far as I can go. Uh, if you work this chart. And, and so people can head to your site at food revelation. So not revolution, revelation.com. Yeah, and then there's a, there's a scheduling link up there. You just click on that and just follow the prompts. I love that. I love that you offer a free session for people to connect mm -hmm. in with you and experience it. And yeah. I think that's important. I, I think it's brilliant. Thank you so much, Gail. This has been a fantastic discussion. I've so enjoyed it. It has. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me.